Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Hoffeld, and we are cruising through 2022. As this is being recorded, we are in the final days of November. And as we look towards the end of the year and we start thinking about what do we want to accomplish in 2023, it's hard to believe what we are knocking on the door of 2023. I wanted to bring up something that I think is really important, especially as you get more established in your career, though this is very, very relevant for someone new to the career, it's mission critical for us to be aware of, especially as we get more seasoned. And that is the impact of doing hard things. So let me unpack this. I'm going to take this in a number of places that I think there'll be some strong application for. Here's the reality is that you and I will either do easy things or hard things. In other words, we'll choose easy goals or hard goals. We'll pursue things that we can easily accomplish in a matter of days or weeks with minimal effort, or we'll pursue very difficult things that might take much longer to achieve and have more obstacles when we try to achieve them and potentially a lot more frustration. Usually, the harder the thing is, normally, generally here I'm speaking, the more challenges, the more obstacles, the more frustration you'll have in achieving it. However, there's an ancient saying that impacted me when I first heard it a number of years ago, and it's this, the hard is the good. The hard is the good. That's the opposite of how I often think about hard things versus easy things. And maybe you're like that as well. And that I lean more naturally towards easier things. Why? Because they're easier. They don't require as much time or effort. However, the hard is the good. The older I get, the more I see the truth in that. Because when I reflect on those things in my life that I've accomplished, the things I have the most pride in that I'm glad I did were almost exclusively things that were very challenging to do. Of going through something that's challenging and when you're done, you're glad you did it. But more than just feeling good about it, because that's useful, but when the going gets tough, that probably won't be enough to help you push through. But also those things that have made the biggest positive impact in your life, personal or professional. The majority of the time, those are challenging. Most of us don't just fall into great things. We have to work for them. We have to strive for them. We have challenges we overcome. And then we arrive at that place. Why? Because the hard is the good. In fact, let me push this even a little further. Easy things usually don't matter. In other words, when you achieve them, In the end, you quickly forget about them. Those hard things, those things often matter, provided you're pursuing the right hard things. And we've talked about this with goals, but pursuing things that are hard, yet you know will positively 
impact your life. When I look at the biggest things in my career that have literally transformed it, they were the most challenging things I had ever done at that point. And so hard really is the good. And so when you think about easy things don't matter most of the time, it gives you a new perspective. It reframes this thing because every day you and I are faced with pursuing the easy road or the harder road. And especially as we look forward to ending this year strong, you could take the easy way or the harder way. And when you look at next year, what are your goals? You can choose easy goals that you know, okay, I'm going to nail this. This is going to be easy. Or you can choose the harder goals that if you were to achieve them, though it might be a struggle, if you were to achieve it, it could positively transform your life. I want to challenge us with focusing on hard things. Now, how do we really start to understand, well, David, what hard things should I pursue. Let me share a couple of quick things with you. One thing that's really helped me when I reflect on my goals, which I've really been taking extremely seriously. I mean, I spend November and December focusing on my goals for the new year because I used to years ago do it more haphazardly. And I realized that whatever I kind of wrote down and focused on, I would achieve it. And and though I know the science says this, I've read this for years prior to that, but it was just like, I don't know, five, six years, seven years ago. And this really woke me up because I'm like, wow. I mean, I know it from the scientific literature, but I'm really experiencing that goals are more powerful than I'm even aware they are. And so I want to take these really seriously because this will determine the course of my life. And so as I've been thinking about, well, how do you determine what goals you should pursue? Because you don't want to have too many goals. I know when I've done that, if you have too many goals at one time, it's too much and you can't focus on. So you want to keep your goals lean, meaning if you have 20 goals, it's going to be hard for you to really focus on those and give them enough time to really achieve them. So you want to narrow it down. How do you do that? Let me share with you something that really helped me. It was a number of years ago now. I was considering learning to play the piano. Now, when I was a kid, my mom, uh, who's very good at playing the piano, she gave me piano lessons and I hated it. I hated the piano. And so after a couple of them, she said, you don't have to do it anymore if you don't want to. And of course I said, thank you very much. And that was the end of that. But a couple of years back, I was thinking, you know, it might be cool to learn how to play the, the piano. And I researched it. How many hours does it take? of practice to really get good at playing the piano. And it would be to play songs like I would like to play, like maybe some Christmas music or some show tunes or some music that I like to play that on the piano. It would be many hours and it might be 300 to 700 hours to get decent at it, it sounded like. So probably about a year or more of a commitment to get to where I thought it'd be kind of cool to know the piano. And I thought, do I want to spend that much time learning the piano? And I was strongly considering it. Like I was researching it and like, maybe I should do that. I mean, kind of a cool goal for the next year to dedicate an hour a day or so to the piano. And I was wrestling with this. And here's something that really provided a tremendous amount of clarity for me and that I've used since then. And you can consider it as well. And that is desire. Another way I could frame this maybe would be envy. When I see others playing the piano, am I envious? Not in an unhealthy way, but in a way like, oh, that'd be cool to be able to do that. 
And I realized something. I cannot think of a time when I've seen someone play the piano and I'm like, oh man, I would love to be able to do that. Now that's just me couple years ago. Nothing wrong with playing the piano. It's a great thing to be able to do. That lack of envy helped me understand that at that time in my life, with everything else I had going on, there might be more advantageous goals because that lack of envy helped clarify my thinking in that if I achieve this goal, will it really impact me? Now, you might love the piano. Again, I'm not making an indictment on the piano, but just for me that I found at that time You know, if I were to put all those hours in, that's not a small goal. That's a big goal. If I were to spend an hour a day or more over the course of a year and get to where I wanted to be at the piano, would the juice be worth the squeeze? Would it be worth it? And at that point, because of really the lack of envy and desire, when I thought about others who had achieved that, the fact that I wasn't saying, oh, it'd be cool to do that. Because there are other things I've seen or other goals where I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome to be able to have that skill or to learn this. So I've noticed for me and others I've shared this with, that looking at uh, desire or envy, do I envy? Would I like to be able to do that? That can be really clarifying when it comes to Should I pursue this hard thing or not? One other thing I'll share with you, and that is about something that's really popular right now called the imposter syndrome. I remember reading about this, oh, probably a decade or more ago uh, in some journals. And then there was a well-known TED Talk by Amy Cuddy out of Harvard and got a lot of press from it. Now it's everywhere. It's hard to go somewhere and not see an article on the imposter syndrome, or even on uh, social media, people will say, yeah, I'm suffering from the imposter syndrome. So for those of you who are not aware, the imposter syndrome is feelings of self-doubt, or you don't feel like you're good enough, despite being so. So you might work really hard, go through great training, for example, as a seller, really work on your craft, but you still feel like I'm not good enough, or I'm, I'm not able to achieve these goals, or you just look down on yourself and it's unhealthy and it's not accurate. So the imposter syndrome is when you have put the work in, but you still feel those severe feelings of doubt that are hindering your performance. And it's because you're seeing yourself in a skewed way. Very real thing. And there's a lot of resources that if you do suffer from that, you can uh, pursue. But I want to call the attention now because of how well known that concept has gotten and how the definition sometimes morphs a little bit. I'm seeing a lot of people say they have the imposter syndrome when they don't. So in other words, the imposter syndrome is when you put in the work, you develop competency, and yet you still feel incompetent, but that's not accurate. What isn't the imposter syndrome is when you haven't put in the work, and you don't feel adequate. And that's because you're not. You haven't put in the work. So sometimes a lot of people say, I have the imposter syndrome. I just got to push through it or I got to deal with it. And that's not accurate. You haven't put in the work. You are an imposter. You're not ready for this, right? You haven't done the things you needed to do to earn the right to be successful at it. And so a lot of times when you're always taking the easy road out, it's easy to fall into this trap of anytime I feel like maybe I'm not good enough at this. No, no, no. That's just the imposter syndrome. It might be if you put the work in, but if you haven't put the work in, then it's just your brain telling you you're not good at this. And that's okay because you can get good. That's why we train. That's why we have that grit. We work hard. 
so we can improve in these areas. In other words, what I'm challenging us to do here is embrace the challenge. Embrace the challenge. So if there is an area, a skill, or something in your professional or personal life that you feel like an imposter, have you put the work in? If so, okay, then you want to deal with those feelings. But if not, you're not dealing with the imposter syndrome. You're dealing with reality. Your brain is saying, uh, we're not ready for this. And that's because, well, if you haven't put the work in, uh, you're not ready for this. And so you want to embrace that challenge. That's what we're talking about today. The easy things versus the hard things to lean more towards the hard. Because as I mentioned earlier, my natural tendency, and I'm guessing yours as well, because it's kind of human nature is we go towards the easy road, the easy way out. And when you settle for that, you miss out on what could have been. And you have a much richer life in every way imaginable. So I'd like for you to think about what is one decision you have right now that you could take the easy way or the hard way. And you know the hard way will produce a better outcome, but you also know it's going to be hard but it will be worth it. In other words, are you envious of your future self? If you were to achieve it, if you were to grow in that area, would you be like, oh, I'm so glad I did? Or when you look at others who have that, that skill or have achieved that, are you envious? Oh, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I had that. If so, that's a really good indicator that you're on the right path. So as you start thinking about ending this year, and you start thinking about next year, the hard is the good. The hard is the good. So what are you waiting for? I encourage you, look for ways today you can put this into practice because when you do, it will enrich your life. And as a result, of course, you're going to sell more. So give this some thought, put it in practice, and then get out there and sell something. I'll see you next time. <laughs> 